Hello and welcome to Goodness Love Alive. We're your hosts, Sarah and Matt. And today we're going to be diving into all things COVID-19 and what you can do to optimize the organ that actually controls 70% of your immune system. Dr. Will Bulsiewicz is a total gut nerd. He's a gastroenterologist as well as an epidemiologist. So the perfect combination, we think, to talk about COVID-19. And we will see you after the show. everyone and welcome to the show. Today we are talking to Dr. Will Bulsiewicz, known as the Gut Health MD. He is here today to talk to us about all things COVID-19. And Dr. Will, I'll let you take over. Give us a bit of an intro to yourself and why you've really dug into COVID-19 and all the research. Well, I think we're all digging into (laughs) COVID-19 and all the research, right? And so, but I guess from, from my perspective, it's kind of interesting for me because I'm a practicing gastroenterologist. I was on the gut solution with you guys. You know, we were up in New York not that long ago interviewing and talking to each other. And it's amazing how much times have changed. And, you know, if you go back to my training, just so people know, I, I'm a board certified gastroenterologist. I'm also board certified in internal medicine. I was the chief resident of my residency program in Chicago, which is Northwestern University. And one of the things that I did, there was a time where I thought I was going to be a clinical researcher. And so I actually took a very deep dive into clinical research and epidemiology. And I was at the University of North Carolina. I was on a grant from the National Institute of Health and studying at the School of Public Health at the University of North Carolina, which is tied with Harvard as being the number two school of public health in the country. So, and and during that time I was publishing papers and I was, you know, doing complex high level analyses, statistics, um, published more than 20 papers. And the point being that, you know, I fell in love with clinical care. I missed taking care of patients. I couldn't have it both ways. I had to choose one or the other. Where was my passion? And given that choice one way or the other, I chose to take care of patients and became a gastroenterologist. But, you know, here I am. And I'm going to take off my gastroenterology hat for a moment and throw that to the side. It's kind of dirty. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm throwing on my epidemiology hat that I haven't worn in a few years because this is, this is what my life was. I was immersed in this kind of stuff for a long period of time. And, you know, this is my language. And so it's something that I feel very comfortable. I don't, I don't love, I don't love what's happening. I don't love what's happening. I'm not having fun with COVID-19. I'm not, you know, this is, this is horrible. It's destroying so much for all of us. But what I do love is providing people with high quality data, information, facts that you can lean on. And when we take the information, it empowers us in a way where we stop being victims and we start being the ones that are taking control and determining outcomes. And that's what we need to do. I'd be interested to hear from your perspective because we have a lot of people that are very anxious right now. We'll have family members that are in at-risk age groups or, you know, people's livelihoods are right now just disappearing before their eyes. There's a lot of anxiety out there um, and a lot of, interestingly, I think, gastrointestinal issues that are coming out of this. One, from just obviously people being anxious and two, the virus has a strange, like, gastro impact as well. So it'd be interesting if you could just talk to both of those issues from your, your experience as a gastroenterologist. 
Well, so let's start this. Let's pretend this virus literally didn't exist, which I guess there are some people who think that that is the case right now, which is <laughs> quite remarkable. Um, but let's just pretend for a moment that it didn't, okay? You, you take people and you put them through stress. And there's different ways that each one of us manifests our stress. Some people manifest headaches, but more of us manifest digestive symptoms. Some people lock up and they get very constipated. Others will actually loosen up and have urgency and diarrhea. And so no matter who you are, look, we are all, unless you have completely convinced yourself, which I would be very impressed if you could do this. If you've completely convinced yourself that this is a hoax and there is no threat that exists, congratulations, you're not feeling stressed right now. The rest of us, we are all feeling threatened by what is happening in one way or another, whether it's the economic impact or it's the threat to our health, we are all feeling it. It's scary times and that can definitely manifest with digestive issues. Here's where it gets a little tricky. This virus, one, one of the things that makes it very dangerous is that the virus can wear different masks. It can hide, it can sneak in, it can present like something similar to something else. And I can expand on that in more detail in a moment, but let's just talk about the GI stuff. There are studies coming out that are saying that number one, it's extremely common for people to lose their appetite. Extremely common. I mean, gosh, I could lose my appetite because I'm stressed. Number two, diarrhea. Diarrhea is a symptom that appears to be actually quite frequent, quite common. And many times, so we have been taught that fever and shortness of breath and cough are the classic COVID symptoms. Many times diarrhea is the first symptom. And you wouldn't think, you're just like, ah, you know, I'm stressed. Or you would think, ah, I got a bug, right? You do have a bug. It's not the typical bug that causes a gastroenteritis though. This is the COVID-19. And so this is where I would make an argument, Matt, that whatever symptoms you have, if there is a possibility that this is COVID-19, you have to behave like you have the virus. That's the only way to protect other people from you transmitting it to them. Now, if you get this bug, okay, stomach gets upset, you start having diarrhea. To me, the game changes when you spike a fever. If you spike a fever, clear cut, you need to be tested. If that diarrhea is severe to the point that you become dehydrated, lightheaded, weak, you should probably be tested, okay? We need to create thresholds where if you trip that wire, then we're saying, look, this is severe. Like this is not just casual diarrhea, right? And if that's the case, you may require testing. One of the other things that I look at is whether or not people poop at night. So if I'm stressed, I will wear that stress all day long, but I will not be waking up to go number two in the middle of the night. People that have irritable bowel don't do that. So when you're waking up in the middle of the night because you have to poop, it implies that you have either an infection or an inflammatory condition. And in this setting, what we're saying is you need to be aware of the possibility that that could be the virus. That could be SARS-CoV-2. So, and that's, this is, this is where the challenges lie with, you know, this kind of thing. How is it, why is it the gut? Why is it targeting the gut, the gut and the lungs? 
there's actually some interesting stuff. I'm going to turn into a nerd. I hope you guys don't, meet, don't mind them. Okay. I'm a science guy. I'm a science guy. So the, the virus, if you look at it, it has this thing called a spike protein. All right. And it's like an appendage. It's, it's, it's creepy looking um, like a mace, you know, it's like this ball with a stick. And this spike protein allows it to latch on to this particular receptor called the ACE2. The number one location for ACE2 is the lungs. The number two location for ACE2 is the gut. And this is part of the reason why you see people who are presenting with digestive issues before they ever get the fever or the respiratory symptoms. Great. Thank you. What are some advice you could give them to, you know, um, recover as soon as possible? You know what, honestly, so, okay. What we're talking about is immunity, right? And I want people who are listening to this podcast, to this show, to not wait until they think they might have COVID-19 to start addressing their immunity because you're going to get pretty darn weak results. The time to do it was three months ago, a year ago. The time to do it is now. The time to do it is now. Don't wait another day. And let's talk about the things that I care about. And this is, a, this is where there's some misinformation that I see being tossed about. Okay. You can't take a person with a C minus immune system and pop one supplement and expect that their immune system is an A plus. That's not the way that this works. Now I am doing some things differently from a supplement perspective. And I do believe that there is value there. Do not get me wrong, but it starts with diet and lifestyle, right? If you're boozing it up, if you're having a COVID-19 party and you're going to bed at four in the morning and you're getting three hours of sleep and you're eating junk food all day, gosh, I'm sorry. The supplement is just not going to hack it. It's just not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Let me tell you about an interesting study that I, I, I find to be fascinating. So you guys know this. I want the viewers to know this. 70 to 80% of your immune system lives in your gut. Let's zoom in with a microscope for a moment into the gut and let's look at the wall of the gut. And there's this thing called the epithelial layer. And it's a single layer of cells. Pluck a hair from my head, look at that hair, and this epithelial layer is thinner than that single, than that single hair, okay? And on one side is 70 to 80% of your immune system. And on the other side of this epithelial layer is 38 trillion microbes. Your microbiome lives right there in proximity to your immune system. And you cannot separate the two. When we hurt the microbiome, we hurt the immune system. When we see things that damage the microbiome, like antibiotics or like binge alcohol consumption, you will also find that the studies showed the exact same things also damage the immune system. When a person develops allergic diseases or autoimmune diseases, you will also find damage to their microbiome. You can't separate them. They always are moving in tandem because they're critical to each other. The microbiome teaches the immune system how to function properly. A healthy microbiome 
is a healthy immune system. You want to optimize your immune system? Work on your microbiome, honestly. And so let me give you an example of one quick study. Okay. So, and you, you can watch, you can watch the gut solution. You can read my book. My book was written entirely, Fiber Fuels was written entirely for the purpose of optimizing the microbiome. And I talk in there about how this has an effect on the immune system. I talk in great detail about it. Let me give you an example of just one study, okay? You can't do this in humans. It would be unethical. So they did a study where they infected mice with influenza. Influenza, of course, is a respiratory virus. We were just talking about it a moment ago. They infected the mice with influenza, and then they fed them one of two diets, a high-fiber diet and a low-fiber diet. The authors predicted that what they would find is that because fiber is anti-inflammatory, they thought that the mice on the high-fiber diet would actually do worse. They thought they would die more. They thought they would have worse symptoms. And the reason why is because you need inflammation to fight an infection. Inflammation is your immune system. And the authors were shocked when they found that the mice eating the high-fiber diet lived longer, less symptoms, and objectively, when they measured how well their lungs were working, their lungs were better. And so they had to backtrack. The authors go, what the hell? What is the deal here? And they backtracked. And you guys probably know where I'm going with this because you know what I'm a big fan, what I'm a big fan of, but I'm going to take your listeners there. They backtracked to figure out what was it that made the immune system so good in fighting influenza. And they discovered that it was the fiber being consumed by the microbiome. And when the microbes eat the fiber, they release short chain fatty acids. And here's what the short chain fatty acids were doing in the lungs, not in the gut, in the lungs, recruiting CD8 cells. CD8 cells are the cells that you want to fight the virus. You're getting the right soldiers on the battlefield. Take it the rest of the immune system, cool it off. When people develop acute respiratory distress syndrome, ARDS, you hear about this cytokine storm. That's the immune system overreacting, taking down the lungs, destroying it. When people get super sick with this coronavirus, it's not actually the virus. It's their immune system and the way their immune system is reacting. So what you want is you don't want more immune system. What you want is you want optimized. You want optimized. You want targeted. You want precise. You want to get the right soldiers in the game fighting that virus. But what you want is the rest of the immune system to not get trigger happy. You need it to chill out. And so in this study, that's what they found is that the short chain fatty acids from fiber working through the gut microbiome, working through the immune system, were actually making the, the, the mice more effective at fighting influenza. And there was a second study that showed the exact same thing with a different respiratory virus called RSV. So it was reproducible across several different types of viruses. So to me, that's what the immune, immune health is. Immune health is optimize your microbiome first. Supplements come later. What, what would your top, you know, your top, you know, fast tips, if you're going to load the gun or the revolver of the microbiome boosting. So if someone's right now like, oh no, I've been binge drinking, 
um, blah blah blah. They're, they're they're sure their microbiome is shot right now, and they're freaking out, and they want to be they want to boost their immune system as quickly as possible. And I'm sure we'll get more of an in depth approach when we actually get a hand our hands on your new book Fiberfuel that's coming out May 12. But um, in the meantime, can you give us a teaser, Dr. B's top three hot tips for optimizing gut health? What are the biggest needle movers? Oh, right. Uh, I would say number one, maximize diversity of plants in your diet. You don't need to be eating a vegan diet. You don't need to be 100% whole food plant-based if you're not ready to do that. But no matter who you are, no matter what diet you're on, you can take the plant elements of your diet, ramp it up a little bit and add more diversity. So get as many different types of plants as possible. That's number one. Number two, big believer in fiber, obviously. So I am a believer in a fiber supplement, actually. I'm taking a couple of them. And what you want are prebiotic fiber supplements. So I, I do acacia powder, beta-glucan. Beta-glucan is amazing for the immune system. You can do glucomannan, uh, guar gum, wheat dextrin. There are a number of different choices that you can do to target the microbiome with prebiotic supplements. Mm-hmm. Number three, I, let me first. go. Sorry, um, yes. to disrupt your flow, but I think it would be great just to get a picture of what fiber is, because <laughs> I think um, you've just given a few examples of supplements. But I think when you mention fiber, I think people maybe have different pictures of what that means. Some might be thinking of the gritty stuff our grandmas used to eat, or like I don't know. And people, I think a lot of people aren't aware that there's different types of fiber. Bugs eat different things, so maybe you could just speak for that. Sure. Yeah. So let me just connect, I guess, number one and number two together real quick. Fiber is a part of plants. There are many, 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 many different types of fiber. Like literally, we don't even have an estimate. It could be millions, could be billions. Each one is unique in its own way, has its own properties. Some of them are what we call prebiotic, meaning they feed the microbiome. That tends to be what you'll see labeled as soluble fiber. Some of it tends to be the roughage, which is the grit. That's the insoluble fiber, and that typically is not feeding the microbiome per se. But the key is that a plant, you know, um, a black bean has its own unique types of fiber, and so does kale. And the fiber that you find in the bean is going to feed certain populations of bacteria that thrive in the gut when you eat a bean. And if you get rid of that bean and you take it out of your diet, those same populations will start to die. But this kale over here is not going to feed the exact same populations as the bean. The kale is going to feed its own little crew of populations. So the point is that every type of plant has fiber. Every type of plant has prebiotic fiber and every single type of plant is going to feed different types of microbes that live in your gut. When you do diversity of plants, you create diversity within your microbiome. You are supporting as many different species as possible and diversity is a marker of gut health. The more diversity that you have in your microbiome, the healthier your gut is. So this is the reason why we want the fiber, and this is the reason why we want the diversity of plants. Perfect. Thank you. Excellent. And number three is just like, 
let's just like take the American college kid and say, you should do the opposite. <laughs> okay. Because lifestyle, like lifestyle actually has a huge effect on the microbiome. We, we tend to fixate on diet. We tend to fixate on diet, but, but simple things like going to bed around the same time, going to bed reasonably early, getting your eight hours of sleep, getting some exercise. Like if you're a smoker, you need to quit smoking right now. If you like to have a drink, that's okay. But let's not go crazy to the point that you have a hangover. That hangover is indicative of damage that you've done to your microbiome. So from my perspective, it's just these simple things, healthy lifestyle, healthy diet. That's going to build your gut and your immune system into a fortress and help protect you. And how would you know if you had a healthy gut microbiome? Uh, let's see. Can I make poop into a vital sign? <laughs> yes, you can. I would because I think that I think that the way that you poop is like actually quite telling. So I think that having regular bowel movements that are effortless, um, dare I say, enjoyable, like bowel movement. Having a bowel movement has not. It's not supposed to be a chore. It's not supposed to be difficult. It's not supposed to require effort. It's supposed to come very naturally and. You know, honestly, we, Sarah, I mean, I think you and I perhaps have talked about this before that we have normalized abnormal, you know, because we are such a fiber devoid society, whether it be the United States or Australia. To us, normal is one bowel movement a day. If we were eating fiber the way that we're supposed to, we'd be having three bowel movements a day, every single one of us. And if you look at, you know, tribal people, like for example, take the Hudza in Tanzania, they're eating a hundred grams of fiber per day. We're eating 15. So, you know, I, I I do think that there's like this, this huge um, deficiency that we have and there's an opportunity to try to fix that. Tell us just a quickly, just a bit about your book. So people know how to um, find it or know when it's coming out. Uh, yeah. Website. Well, so you can find me um, on Instagram as the gut health MD come to my website, which is the plantfedgut.com. Um, I'm going to have some COVID-19 types. So honestly, I'm gonna have a lot of stuff that's going to be coming out of my website and out of my email list in the coming weeks. So I would encourage people who want to be a part of like the excitement of building up to this book launch, come to my website, the plantfedgut.com, sign up for my email list. And then um, May 12th is the book launch. The book is called Fiber Fueled, F-I-B-E-R, which I have learned that it's spelled quite differently in Australia. So including the word fueled is spelled differently. So Fiber Fueled is the name of the book. It's launching in the US and North America on May 12th, and it's available for pre-order right now. So if you're interested, you can definitely pre-order it and it will be at your house the day that it comes out, which is great because basically this is the playbook. This is the playbook for gut health. You know, this is the playbook. I mean, I even have a four-week meal plan in there. So, like, literally read the book, follow the plan. This is basically built to get your immune system on track. Awesome. Well, we'd love to finish it there. Um, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Will. You're a legend. We've loved getting to know you over the last 12 months. Um, it's exciting to see your social blowing up and you're really growing in influence because we believe that you just have an amazing message um, that I think needs to be heard. And so thank you so much for your time. Yeah, you guys are the best. I'm so grateful for you.